Yo, what's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. We got a lot going on today. Three of the four final four teams have been decided as San Diego State joins UConn and FAU with one more game left to play this afternoon. The Mets and the Yankees continue to deal with injuries as opening day looms on Thursday. We will talk about that. The Knicks with a big week ahead. The Rangers with a good win last night. They have a big week ahead as they those two teams head for the playoffs. But we just finished up a San Diego State win and a good game. And let me let me let me start out by saying, listen, I'm sick of the the fact these these timeouts that they call at the end of these games just kill any drama and any momentum that the game has. I mean, you'll have a you'll have a a stoppage in play and there'll be four consecutive timeouts called with two commercial breaks. It kills any momentum and it happened at the end of this game. The reviews are bad enough. I get that you want to get it right. There was a long review at the very end of the game. And it was a you know it was a it was a controversial finish. I guess Creighton people are not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy with the foul called at the end. Okay, they're not going to be happy that they didn't get an, another chance in that last second as the ball was inbounded. What happened if you didn't see the game was Creighton was down two with about ten seconds left. San Diego State was inbounding the ball. They threw it away. Creighton tied it. They basically gave a layup to Creighton. They tied the game. With six six and change seconds left, okay. So San Diego State inbounded the ball, came down the court. They did their the the Tremel drove to the lane. A foul was called as he threw up a floater that missed. So what happened was he goes to the line. Now was it a touchy foul? Was it a foul? Was it should have been called? You could go either way. The guy had his hand on his hip, on his back, on his, on his side. Listen, it was a foul. You can't say it wasn't. It was a foul, but. Should it have been called? That goes back to the, the argument we had with the Super Bowl. Do you want the game called the same? Do you want the refs to decide it? I think in basketball, it's different than in football. I think that that was a foul. I think that should have been called. The kid, 75% free throw shooter, went to the line, bricked the first one, not even close. Second one he got, which is hard to do because, I mean, you break that first one, all the pressure in the world is on you on that second free throw. He made it. There was 1.2 seconds left. Creighton got there. High school quarterback under the hoop to inbound the ball, trying to have another Christian Leitner type situation. And what happened was was he just you know he could he he threw it. It went off of some hands. It went out of bounds. There was another long review, but there was like nine timeouts called in between this and two commercial breaks. And then I, I, I mean it took like twenty minutes to play the last ten seconds. And I know that's like the joke with basketball, but. It gets a little ridiculous. You lose you lose interest in the moment. You miss the moment when you do something like that. They got to do something about the back to back to back to back timeouts that get called at the end of these games. And I know they you don't want to you know leave a timeout in your back pocket at the end of the game, but sometimes you know you just can't have it. You got to this tournament is all about the moments. It's all about the the drama and the moments. And when they just have long stoppages and play like that with timeouts. Then the players come onto the court. Another timeout is called. They come back on the. T- I mean, it kills the moment, and that's what this tournament is all about. It's all about moments. So we are now three of the four slots in the Final Four in Houston next week are filled. You got UConn, who is red hot. Listen, UConn has blown everybody out in this tournament. 
Nobody's even given UConn a game. They're clearly the favorite coming into this, regardless of who wins the Miami-Texas game coming up in a little while. But Miami, I mean, UConn is is red hot. They, I don't know if they're going to be able to get beat. They are, like I said, they're going to be the prohibitive favorite. They played well for the last like two months. They blew out Gonzaga, which nobody saw coming last night. And if you say you saw it coming, you're lying. You didn't see it coming. I mean, Gonzaga hung with them in the first half, and then just in the second half, UConn just, they just blew them out. UConn wasn't missing anything. They were hitting their threes. Gonzaga just was turning the ball over, not playing well. And give them credit, UConn's going in there. I don't know if they're going to get beat. I don't think Miami or or Texas is going to beat them. I'm going to be rooting for Miami in this next game. But in the Final Four, I'm going to be rooting for FAU. And how can you not? How can you not root for FAU next week if, unless you're a fan or an alumnus of one of the th- the other three schools? There's no way you can't root for FAU. Little nothing school, Cinderella, nine seed at a Boca down in South Florida. FAU, they beat Kansas yesterday. They just, they keep... They're a good basketball team. Now, yeah, are they Cinderella? Yeah, they're a Cinderella. It's certainly the Cinderella in this tournament. But they're a good basketball team. They're well coached. They have size. They get rebounds. Davis is a big-time player. Okay? Golden is 7-1, so they got some size down low. They could, they could get physical with you. FAU can get themselves to Monday to Monday night. That's what I'm saying. And, and I think they could beat UConn. I think anybody could beat anybody here. I think UConn will probably advance over the winner of this next game. Now, Miami's another good story. You know, you just watched a four and a five seed play to get to get into the Final Four. So, you know, it, it's it's been a pretty wild tournament. It's been a good tournament. There wasn't a ton of buzzer beaters, but there was the upsets. It never disappoints with upsets. Okay, it was it was unpredictable. Nobody nobody had all these one seeds out before the even Elite Eight. First time in tournament history, there's never been a single one seed in a, in the Elite Eight. So you have that going. It it's going to be fun, and this next game is going to be fun too. I like Jim Laranaga, so I'm going to root for for Miami over Texas because I have no rooting interest in Texas. I could really care less. Um, I was rooting for Creighton. That was that's a tough loss for Creighton, but the Big East stood strong in this in this tournament. They played very well. The Big East is one of the better conferences in the nation. I mean, the Big Ten overall body of work, the Big Ten is a better is the best conference. But they they didn't show up at all. Here in the tournament you had Purdue getting knocked out. It, it just it was not a good year for the ACC. The ACC did not, you know, did not really make much noise in this tournament. So we'll see. It's going to be fun next week. We got one more game to go. The FAU game last night. The K, uh, Kansas State. You have this kid Noel, who's just a he's you know, he's an unbelievable college player. People are talking about his pro possibility in the NBA. Listen, he's just too small. I think he's too small. He's 5'8". He's my size. It's hard to play in the NBA at 5'8". Do I think he'll get a chance? He might get a G League chance. He's not going to get drafted, I doubt. But 
put all that aside. That that really is irrelevant because in this tournament he was the best player. He was the best player by far in this tournament. Last night he put up thirty points. He's been uh, he has the the record, the NCAA tournament record for assists in a game, which he did in the Sweet Sixteen with nineteen assists. And he's been the best player. He was the best player in this tournament. And that, to me, it's not even that close. He had an all-time performance at, Ma- at Madison Square Garden on Friday night or on Thursday night. Okay? He played He played unbelievable with the assists. He got hurt on the week that Willis Reed died. He comes back, you know, injured leg. Dad, and he played better than Willis Reed did in that game. Because he was the best player on the court. Willis Reed wasn't the best player on the court that night in Game 7. But he, he he played great. And the problem I have with him last night that I wanted to get to is he, paid, he had 30 points. He's the best player on the floor. He's your best player. And he, he doesn't take the last shot. They didn't even get a shot off on that last possession. To me, that's criminal. You got You got to give him the... Why did he not take the shot? He passed it. And I get it. He's a facilitator. He's a guard. That's what he does. But he had 30 points last night. He was he was all over the place last night. He was playing great. He was hitting his shots. He doesn't score 30 usually. That was one of his better games. And for him not to even put up a shot with the final four on the line, I think it's a mistake. I think he's going to regret it. I think, I don't know if they drew the play up for him or not, but I think, listen, they're going to regret that. You have your best player who's having a big game. Give him a shot. You got a final four on the line. Give him a shot. So he didn't get the shot. FAU still dancing. They are. They are the cardiac kids. I mean, give them credit. They have. They've been, they've trailed in every game in the second half. In this tournament, they've come back. They played clutch defense, big time shots, good, well coached team. They got size. FAU is going to be a problem in the final four. As I'm watching. Uh, San Diego State cut down the nets, and there will be one more team in the Final Four, and it's going to either be Miami or it's going to be Texas. And listen, I don't, I don't need to break down the game for you. You've all seen it. Your bracket, your, everyone's brackets are busted at this point. As far as this bad boy goes, if UConn wins, it's going to Drew, who seems to just win everything on this show. He's won every contest we've had except the last year's uh, bracket pool. So he's going to have his bracket pool. And if, if UConn can win, he will be he will win. If UConn doesn't win, there are some people who can win still. There are some people who can win. So we'll see who this bad boy goes to next week. It's uh, last night. Also, the Rangers played last night. Again, another slow start for the Rangers. This team just gets off the slow starts. It's going to come back to bite them when they're playing in the playoffs if they continue to do this. Okay, they they fell behind two nothing first period to Florida, but they came back. You got goals from Hito, Kako, Lafreniere, and Kane. So the kids are are playing better. The Rangers, listen, the Rangers are all over the map this season. They started out low. Not playing great. Then they then they they picked it up. They played excellent. They've had a good last month. The power play is really struggling. 
continues to really struggle. I don't know why it struggles. They have plenty of star power on that power play. You got Fox at the blue line. You got Kane. They, they you got Panarin. The Zabanajad. They, they, the power play should be scoring much more than it is. That, that, that. I don't know. I think that will figure itself out. I think they're just kind of getting unlucky. They got to hit the net, put pucks on that, and you'll be okay. Now, the interesting thing with the Rangers are is they, they're on a crash course with the Devils for the playoffs. And that's going to be a wild, good, long series if they get, if, if it happens where it's going to be the Rangers and the Devils. And it looks like it's pretty much nailed down that that's what it's going to be. They're going to be two and three. It's just who's going to be two, who's going to be three. It's probably going to be the Devils, two, Rangers, three in the division. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Rangers Devils, listen, Rangers Devils, they've had some all-time series in the past. Of course, 97, they were game seven overtime goals on both sides. Teams scored. Listen, it's going to, that's going to be fun. Rangers this week, they have, listen, they have four games this week. Three of them are on the road, okay? Tuesday, they're home to Columbus. Then Thursday, they're at the Devils which should be an interesting game. That's a big game for both teams. That could, in the grand scheme of things, decide who will get a Game 7 if it's played with them. Friday, Sabres, and then Sunday, the Capitals. The final three, Devils, Sabres, Capitals, all on the road. And it's, it's, it's a big week for the Rangers, okay? Get to the, get to the playoffs, and it looks like it's going to be the Devils. So we'll see. That's going to be a lot of fun if it is the Devils. Opening day this week, Thursday. Baseball is back on Thursday. The Yankees are home against the Giants. Garrett Cole will be pitching. The Mets open up with a four-game series down in Florida on the road. They play a lot of the the Marlins in the, in the first month you know they got they got four to open up against the Marlins as you see here they got three against Milwaukee so a seven game road trip right off the bat open up the se- the season then they're home and they're home to the Marlins and that's opening day April sixth which just so happens to be my birthday so if you're looking for a birthday present you want to take me to the Mets opening day I'm right here I'm here for it just let me know um, the Mets the Yankees both teams are dealing with injuries okay there's a ton of injuries. Severino now hurt for the Yankees, and he's just hurt. He's constantly hurt. He can't stay healthy. That is turning out to not be a good signing for the Yankees. I mean, he's hurt every year. This year, it's the same thing. The Mets have a ton of injuries, but the Yankees' pitching staff has just been decimated. I mean, it's just been decimated. Severino has a low-grade lat strain. I mean... You can't make this stuff up. He's talking about it's going to be a season of no injuries. And he's going to play all his games, make all his starts. And here we are a week before opening day and Severino is hurt and he's going to be put on the IL to start the season. Opening day, you're going to have Garrett Cole versus Logan Webb for the Giants. Should be a good pitching matchup. And, you know, it'll be a full house out at the stadium. It'll be a fun day. But when it comes to opening day, nobody, nobody is better than the New York Mets. The Mets could run out anybody on opening day, and they will probably win. Okay? They have the by far the best record on opening day. If you want to bet money and you want to win money, put it on the Mets opening day. 
That's the only guaranteed time that the Mets <laughs> the Mets will make you any money. Um, listen, the Mets the, a lot of Mets fans are upset because they sent down a lot of the kids. They're starting the kids in in the minors, which I don't think is a bad idea. Today they sent uh, Vientos and Beatty both down. Both had big springs. They sent the catcher down last week. Listen, they're going with Major League veteran talent to open the season. And they don't want these kids sitting on the bench. It's basically what it comes down to. They don't want the kids sitting on the bench. Last year by bringing them up in that Brave series, terrible decision. Why'd they do it? I don't know. They needed a third. You know, they thought maybe he'd give them a spark. He did it. You know, first first at bat, he hit it out of the park. But after that, he just struggled. As the Mets just lost every game that series. And basically what the season came down to was that series. And the Mets got swept out of Atlanta. We've seen it before. But people are upset. Listen, you're going to see these kids. You're going to see plenty of these kids. They're going to be up here probably before the summer hits. They'll be up here before June, July. So you're going to see Vientos. You're going to see Beatty. You're going to see all of them. But the Mets are going with proven major league talent in the in the in, in the beginning of the season, and it's not a bad idea. They're banged up. Okay, Nimmo's Nimmo's back. I didn't think Nimmo was going to start opening day. I figured he'd miss the first two weeks. Nimmo's back, so that's good news. Of course, you're still dealing with the closer situation with with Diaz out. Is it going to be Robertson? Is it going to be closer by committee? What are they going to do? Are they going to make a move? Is is Cohen going to try and buy his way out of this thing? A lot of questions surrounding the Mets. The win totals, both for the Mets and Yankees, are at 93.5. I would say over for both. It'll probably be right around the number because that's what Vegas does. They get it right around the number. They're always right. Now, the Mets, we'll go over here. The Mets projected opening day lineup on Thursday for the New York Mets. Nimmo, of course, leading off, which is a surprise. I didn't think he'd be ready. He is. He's going to be ready opening day. Then Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil. That's the heart of your order. Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil. The Mets are going to need big production out of those four if they're going to want to do anything this season. Scherzer's starting opening day. And then Verlander's not going to Verlander's going to pitch the third game of the season so they can line him up to start the home opener on the sixth. That's what Buck's doing. It's the way he wants to do it. The Marlins are not a very good team. You know, it's really not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I, I guess it's. I like that Verlander is starting opening day at home. You know, it's something for the fans. Scherzer will get the get the ball on the first on opening day for the season for the Mets, and then Verlander, the home opener, will get the ball, and it'll be. Listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see with these two, because you don't want to burn these two out. They're both older. They both have a ton of mileage on their arms. Verlander has been injured. He's had his surgery. Two years ago, he came back with arguably his best year last year. Cy Young, reigning Cy Young Award winner. The Mets have two of the best pitchers of this generation at the top of that rotation. And they have a good four here. Marte, Lindor, Alonzo McNeil. There are big expectations for the Mets this year, especially for the Mets fans, especially after the collapse last year, which basically happened, started at the in the Brave series. 
Mets collapsed, lost four to the Braves, never got back on their feet. And Scherzer, Scherzer's going to have to come out and he's going to have to pitch well. Because the last time we saw, we saw Scherzer, he was giving up seven runs to the San Diego Padres in game one of a blowout loss of the postseason. So, you know, I'm not happy with Scherzer right now. He'll be fine. I think Buck's got to watch it. Though you don't want to overuse these guys in, the, in April when it's cold out. You just don't want to do that. That's how you get yourself in trouble in October. Now, is that what happened last year? No, I don't think it's what happened last year. I think Buck, Buck was good with the, the pen managing innings. I think he was good with the starting staff managing innings. I think he'll do the same thing. I have no worries about Buck Showalter. That's something that, that us Mets fans, we don't need to worry about anymore. We don't need to worry about the manager. Okay, the manager's good. He's, he's good. Don't worry about it. He knows more than we do. And he's got more success. He's had success everywhere he went. He had success here last year. That was a 100-win team last year. One of the better Mets teams in franchise history. Now, as far as the Yankees go, Yankees, again, big expectations. It's going to be a big summer here. World Series or bust. Beat the Astros or bust. Now, we know the Astros had a key injury in the WBC, which we lost, by the way. All that, all that, and we lost in the finals. Trout with a chance to, to be a hero, an American hero, and he, he went down swinging on three pitches. So what are you going to do there? You, you all know how I feel about the World Baseball Classic. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. I do acknowledge the fact that it is popular and people do like it. So if you missed that, I acknowledge that. I was wrong about that. People here, I know a lot of people were talking about it. But now we're down to the... You know, now we're now we're at Major League Baseball. The, the the stuff that counts, as far as I'm concerned. Now the Yankees. You take a look at their schedule here. They have San Francisco three with San Francisco three with the Phillies. So there's six games. The Yankees are six games into the season before they play an American League team, which is uh, something I've never seen with the schedule. The Yankees have a, a pretty balanced schedule here in April. The Mets Mets have more road games in April. Which is not a bad thing. You know what? These Northeast games in April are sometimes awful. It's freezing. Sometimes you get snow. You get freezing rain. There's rain outs. You got to make things up. You have doubleheaders. You're better off just being away from the Northeast in April. It's just it's just better. The Yankees will make a, a, a trip out to L.A. They will also play uh, Minnesota, Texas, and Toronto in the month of April, and that, that's how that that's how that's going to start the Yankee season, and it's a long season. Baseball is a long season, okay? It's, it's every day. It's six months of the year. It goes through the whole summer into the fall. So, you know, the, they will be overreacting. We will all overreact. I'm sure I will overreact. I know Brett will overreact. It's just what we do. But you got to keep in the back of your mind that it's a long season. I'm not saying what happens in April doesn't count, but what I'm saying is don't go jumping off the bridge because of what happens in April. We've seen the Yankees have terrible starts and win a ton of games. We've seen the Mets have great starts and end up losing a ton of games. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. 
And it all starts on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that. That next week we you know, next week on the show we'll have well baseball to talk about. Real baseball, not world baseball classic, not spring training, real baseball that counts on Thursday. So the Knicks, no let's touch on the Knicks. Listen, the Knicks they had a loss. That was a bad loss. I think it was uh on Thursday night or on, on Friday night, the Knicks lost. When did they lose? Uh, they lost them at Thursday night, 111-106. It was a game that they didn't play that well. It wasn't really even as close as the score. It wasn't even a five-point game. Knicks kind of had a surge late to get some points, get it a little bit closer. They didn't play well, okay? They have two big games coming up here. They, they have Houston tomorrow night at the Garden. We got to win that game. The Knicks got to win that game. They gotta stay in that five seed, which I think they will. They have a little bit of a cushion to the Nets in the six seed. It's looking like it's gonna be uh Knicks Cavs. Is that that's what it's looking like? Knicks Cavs opening round of the playoffs, and the pressure's gonna be on the Knicks. You got Donovan Mitchell on the Cavs, the guy the Knicks were targeting all last year. You got the Knicks who haven't won a playoff series in twenty something years. You have a fan base that is dying for anything to go right with this team. And you cannot lose that series. The Knicks cannot lose that series. Will it cost Thibodeau his job? I think if they lost in five games, it might. Because I think that that's how desperate the Knicks are to win, win, playoff, win in the playoffs. They, got, they have not. It's been way too long. And we saw this week with the... the the regional final and the regional semifinal, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight at the Garden, that it's still the Mecca and it can still be a great place for basketball when you get good games going. And it's even better when it's the Knicks. City just has a different feel when it's good. Just like the city has a different feel when the Mets are good than when the Yankees are, it has a different feel when the Knicks are good. We know the Rangers are good. We're poised for a real run with this Rangers team. It's going to be a fun spring around here, especially if the Knicks could could muster up and get this series win, maybe even get advanced to a Eastern Conference final, dare I say. I don't think they'll do that. I but I do think they should they need to get the win. I think they have to. I think they got some of the best they got they got top stars now. Jalen Brunson's a star in this league. Julius Randle is a superstar. Borderline superstar in this league. It's time to win some in the playoffs. You have to win playoff games. You have to win playoff series. These fans are still disappointed from what happened two years ago with Atlanta. Still haven't gotten over that. And I don't blame them. Knicks finally got to win a playoff win in that series. Now you got to win a series. Okay, there's no excuse. There's no nothing. The Rangers. Rangers are, are, are trying to get this power play figured out. I think they will. I think they're too good. The players are too good on the power play. The Rangers are a good team. A lot of star power. Will Shostark can hold up? I think that's the question. Everyone's questioning the power play right now. The power play is going to work itself out. Will, which Shostark are we going to see in the playoffs? And we'll get a big, a big look this week. I would imagine he plays three of the four games. They have a back-to-back Thursday, Friday night, so I think probably Friday night he will not play against the Sabres, who, is, who are fading out of the playoff race. 
But that game against the Devils, the Devils are a fast team. They're a young team. That's going to be a test, and that's going to be a preview of the first round of the playoffs, which could be a wild, wild series. So that pretty much does it here. We want to, I want to thank again Scott Farrell for coming on Locked Up Sports on Friday. Great interview. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on our YouTube page. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere. Of course, as always, anywhere you get your podcasts, it is it's a it's a wild interview. He is as uncensored as you could get, unfiltered, uncensored. But he makes some good points. He's funny. He tells some great stories. So if you haven't heard it or seen it, check it out. Uh, this Friday we'll be talking baseball. We'll be talking baseball. And we'll be talking Final Four, and we'll see who gets this bad boy right here next week. Miami and Texas just underway. The last game, the last ticket to be punched into the Final Four will either be the two-seed Texas or the five-seed Miami, and then and then we away we go. The smoke is cleared for the second week. The second weekend of the NCAA tournament, there will be four teams left in about two hours. And that's how it goes. We'll fill out the rest of this bracket behind me. And we'll see who takes home the first annual Locked Up Sports Challenge trophy. Drew is in the lead now. We're gonna put the, we'll put it up for you. There it is right there. And those are, that's it. That's who's got a chance. You gotta get the, you're gonna have to get the finals. You're gonna have to get the final winner correct. Like in any of these pools. You gotta you gotta get your champion. Everyone's all focused on the, the, the first round and the upsets. Get your champion. Of course, not many of us have it because all the one seeds went out the window. So that'll do it for me today. Um again, thank thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check out our social media. We are all over social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We have it all on the social media. Like us there. Subscribe to to the YouTube channel. We will talk to you on Friday, opening day Thursday. Enjoy this last game here, Miami and Texas. Enjoy the baseball on Thursday. Big games for the Knicks and Rangers. I'll talk to you on Friday. I'm Bob Walters. We leave you tonight with some sounds from the weekend that was in the NCAA tournament. Thanks a lot. I'm here with Jordan Miller. Wow, what a game. With a three-point shot here.
The lead is three for Kentucky. For the tie. He's got it. Noel. Noel takes a peek. Gasson sets the screen. Noel, a three. On target. Splash City. Early. Great competition. Beautiful pass by Noel as he sets up. Excellent help defense at that time by Tomlin. Anticipating where the drive was at. He's going to block it off. This pass. Oh, Noel finds Johnson. And one. Hawkins keeps one up from three. Defending champion is out. The good friends embrace. And Sam Burns moves on. I will practice it all year, but I'm over here sitting with you. Let's see what happens. Game on the line. Forrest. Cash right through the heart. Three-point game. Kansas State now needs a three to tie it. Clock ticks. Noel dribbles. He's looking for someone. Masu got to put it up. And that's it! The Owls of Florida Atlantic! to the final four if you enjoyed the show make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on apple podcasts or on our website at lockedupsports.net remember you can also find us on your favorite social media site on twitter at locked up sports on the gram at locked underscore up underscore sports join our facebook group locked up sports or on tiktok at locked up sports show now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.